Hey y'all, just a little heads up before we get started. In this episode, Ethan and I lightly touch on the topic of human trafficking. We know this can be a really sensitive topic for some people, so we wanted to advise everyone to listen with caution if this topic is upsetting to you. We've left some resources in the description for anyone who wants to learn about and support global anti-trafficking efforts. And as always, our contact information is also linked in the description if you want to provide us with any feedback and help us improve. Thank you for listening and on to the show. Welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ethan. Uh, Vanessa, this is a, this is a wild one. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting conversation for us. Not to jump right into the episode, like, how you doing? Uh, how have you been? You watching anything other than Mash? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. I'm watching um, the Netflix show Grace and Frankie, which is phenomenal. I love it so much because Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda are just both national treasures. And honestly, the episodes of Grace and Frankie are fantastic and a lot less uh, hard-hitting than this one of mash so <laughs> this will be an interesting episode for us i think we can handle it well but i am very surprised that they did this uh story in episode five yeah we'll we'll get into it in a hot second <laughs> but first why don't you give the people a quick rundown of what happens in this episode in this episode season one episode five entitled the moose um, a gi arrives at the unit with a korean girl that he bought from her family hawkeye and the gang kind of plot to save her and set her free by cheating at a poker game of course um and their plans kind of go awry when they do set her free but the girl young he thinks Hawkeye bought her. So what did you think about this kind of darker plot or theme of this episode? Okay, so we saw the description of this episode on Hulu before it started playing, and we've had a bit of a history trying to address uh, how like racism and Asian representation is handled in our short time. And I was like legitimately worried of like, oh no, how are we going to talk about this? But this episode is much better than I thought it would be. It It's not perfect, but it does handle the subject fairly well for the the constraints of what it's under. This is an episode where... It comes firmly down against racism and human trafficking. So that's a good thing. Like, Hawkeye and Trapper are always the good guys in the situation, and that helps a lot. Again, they're very noble. They're trying to help a girl not be a, a human slave anymore. It's good. I think that this episode handled it uh, just about as well as it could for the time period and, you know, being still a comedy show. And so early on in its run. Yeah, absolutely. And to to kind of get into how the characters handled it and by extension how it was, you know, just handled in the show, it, right off the bat, you see Hawkeye completely rejecting this really racist term, this really racist anti-Asian term. That's kind of, it, it's used a few times throughout the show, but it is completely always like, this is a, don't say this, don't say, like, you know, don't refer to Korean people this way. With a racial slur. Yeah, we won't say what it is, but Hawkeye very much mm -hmm. firmly is like, no, don't say that. Yeah, I don't like that. And again, like that. for a character in the 50s, in a show from the 70s, I, I do think that that is a very, like, 
nice progressive thing of them to do yeah especially in the context of korean war like i imagine there were many people who who said that freely in the actual korean war but to have this show be like hey don't it's it's nice Uh, i think we'll get into this a little bit more but it was also kind of reflecting this like anti-asian um sentiment i feel during the vietnam era as well because obviously this is when the show aired so the parallels between the anti-asian aspects of this episode and in the korean war were paralleled in you know vietnam which was ongoing at the time but even so uh, so it's it's established right off the bat that hawkeye does not like racism which is good (laughs) it's a very simple thing but it's a very good thing (laughs) As the episode progresses, they come to realize that this woman who this soldier bought is a a slave and they are absolutely disgusted with this. They're outraged, both Hawkeye, Trapper, um, Captain Jones, like all of them. They're just like, this is this is disgusting. Um, What I found really interesting for the time period was that they mentioned kind of the sexual slavery aspect of it. Hawkeye and Trapper kind of referenced it a little bit, which I thought was very like a, a very forward aspect of the show and about this situation that you know they weren't kind of shying away from these like really atrocious thing of human trafficking i should say that's not what the soldier bought um young he for was not was to be a servant she wasn't a sexual slave in this episode they they do clarify that and i think they have to for a pg sitcom yeah she kind of offhandedly says oh we don't do any monkey business and you know it does keep it somewhat lighter this is a balancing act and i don't know how well they do handle like the comedy aspect of it but i i do appreciate that they they took the subject matter seriously and didn't over rely on like making jokes out of it like this is the first time we see uh hawkeye in uniform yeah yeah so that was another thing that i that i noted when i watched the episode was that you know we've established already that hawkeye really doesn't like the army like rules and regulations stuff and you know isn't really professional when it comes to the military but we see him in this uniform trying to pull rank on um, a sergeant uh to to free um, a Korean woman who he's keeping as a slave. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) And I thought that was really, uh, just really went to the character that he hates the military, hates the bureaucracy of the military and stuff, but he is willing to use it to his advantage to try to do the right moral thing. This is what's important to him. All of that other fluff doesn't matter. But when a a person's life is at stake, he's going to be in uniform. He's going to act like a military man because he knows that's how it works. Um, We should also mention Burns and Houlihan are not in this episode at all. They're not even mentioned. Uh, And I think that's because I don't think they would gel with the story at all because it is one time so far where where Hawkeye and Trapper are 100% in the right. They're not even like scheming or anything. So like having Burns be upset about their whole deal would not work for this episode. And I think they were smart to be like, let's just 
not have them. Yeah, they provided um, throughout the show and their both of those characters runs on the show. They provided this like comic relief of, you know, trying to impasse Hawkeye and Trapper and stuff like that with their plots and their schemes. And they were just like it just you're right. It just really would not have worked for this episode at all. And I'm you know, I'm I'm really glad that they didn't try to do something ridiculous. And I think that it also goes to, you know, like the talk about the army and whatnot, like Hawkeye and Trapper are not the regular army types, but they're kind of doing a regular army thing of, you know, pulling rank and stuff like that. So it it really just works that they weren't there. (laughs) Another thing that I thought was interesting for how it has to balance all of the comedy and being a show of this era is... They're, they go to Henry and they're like, hey, this guy's doing this. He can't be doing this. And then Henry's like, oh, yeah, well, I can't do anything about it because his commander also has a servant or whatever you want to call them. Right when he says that, like when he says, and I'm quoting here, like, oh, he has a moose of his own. Uh, there's a laugh track beat. And I'm like, Maybe we shouldn't have a <laughs> yeah. laugh track right there. And we've talked about how the, the laugh track is kind of used sparingly in the show. But my my goodness, that was not a laugh track moment. I want to know what this fake audience is like laughing at of like, oh, man, this guy also has a servant. Like, that's funny. What a, what a wild thing. And it's because they needed to have that there. Like, that was just the format of the time. That was kind of a punchline, even though it was a very dark punchline. Yeah, absolutely. And I really think that that kind of goes into the topic of how the show handled putting a mirror up to American hypocrisy, uh, especially during war times and whatnot. Jones says, you know, I read somewhere that the UN was here to liberate these people must have been a misprint. And Hawkeye kind of reiterates that later on in the episode. And I think that that really goes to that American hypocrisy. You know, America was in Korea and by extension Vietnam to try to liberate people and help the people there. Meanwhile, there's American soldiers that are keeping literal slaves and exploiting the people that they're supposed to be helping. This episode specifically really pushes back on that idea of like a flawless America, American exceptionalism, saviorism, all that kind of stuff. And I think that that like to the point that there was this laugh track, I feel like that was kind of softening that blow because it was very much like, this is a thing that happened in the 50s during Korea. This is a thing that's probably happening in Vietnam right now. But also, we're a comedy show. Haha, we're not criticizing America that much. The more we talk about this, the more we bring up the military commentary. I'm worried that like some people will think like, oh, we hate the military, all stuff like that. But it's just there in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's, it's their commentary. We don't hate the military, but like the show is not pro-military and not pro-war. And we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't bring that up. The lighter aspect of the episode was uh, Young Hee's character development, I guess. Uh, what, what did you think about that? What did you think about her character in general this is the lighter aspect of it isn't it and i think that is kind of what makes it work for a sitcom is that she is just presented as naive and not uh being harmed in the situation she's more or less acting like a maid the whole time she's just like oh i have to clean i have to do this i and like very much like presented as not understanding the the ramifications of the situation and i think that does help it 
exist within the sitcom context because this woman is so cheery and so like light and bubbly the whole episode that it's like it does lighten some of the darkness because it's it makes her not feel like I mean she is a victim but like on her emotional end she doesn't feel victimized uh does that make yeah, sense I, think I know what you mean um it it's more like she and I this is this is kind of an aspect that I wasn't sure how it was really played or perceived. Um, it was this aspect that she was doing a duty to her family and she was like, okay with it. That kind of thing, as much as she was a victim of human trafficking, literally just human trafficking, she was still okay with it. No, that doesn't sound right. But <laughs> it's it, again, it's difficult, difficult to thing say, to talk yeah. about. Don't yell at us on twitter or something <laughs> i'm just so surprised they did this episode five again i don't think they handled it like perfectly yeah. i think if this happened like later on in the run when they had a better understanding of how to how to deal with kind of darker subjects i think this episode would have been like immaculate um but i do i do commend them for kind of saying this early on like this show is gonna be about some serious things and i think the next episode is a bit dark too if i remember yeah. correctly i'm excited to talk about that one that one seems fun but for now let's continue to talk <laughs> about this one another character that i wanted to mention is that later on in the episode hawkeye and trapper like do win her freedom essentially from this guy and at one point, like, Young Hee's brother, I believe, comes in. And I thought that was very odd. <laughs> that kind of continued in the tradition, uh, as shown earlier with the Charlie Lee character, <laughs> that, like, these con men characters that they keep bringing up are, like, weirdly Americanized. He's perfect English. He's talking in slang. And, like, meanwhile, his sister his older sister is like broken english who doesn't quite understand the culture and everything and he's just like a little con man and i think that's such a weird running thing with this show that like the the quote-unquote like more clever con men characters are like weirdly americanized uh what did you think of yeah, that that was that was uh interesting i i didn't think too much honestly about the character his, his name was benny um and he looked like he was like maybe like prepubescent he looked very young um but yeah i thought that that was kind of weird i wonder how um i, I assume that like not that's not necessarily historically accurate or anything like that. But I do think that that is weird. It was supposed to be kind of funny. Yeah. Like, oh, look at this little kid talking, talking <laughs> like a cool guy, you know? Yeah. You're supposed to be like, oh, this is a we like, this is an absurd right. thing. And I think that that, like you said, that goes to the lightheartedness of still needing to make it a comedy of like, oh, this is a weird situation. Um, I did think it was funny when Benny comes back uh, for Young He because Hawkeye and Trapper want to, you know, basically set her free so that she can return to her family you know benny is like oh we're just gonna sell her again and you know she because we need the money for our family and this and that and the other thing and then uh when she comes back <laughs> she hawkeye and trapper are surprised they're like oh what what happened like what what's going on and she goes i told benny the most important thing you taught me to shove off and i just like that was really cute we should mention, I don't know how well we're going through <laughs> yeah. this episode, like chronologically, um, but we should mention that about halfway through, Hawkeye does, for lack of a better term, win her, uh, like win her. Yeah, he kind of tries to win her freedom. 
and she doesn't understand that she is free she's like oh i'm yours now so the whole second half of the episode is him trying to figure out how do i tell this this ignorant person you're free now and she doesn't quite get it until the very end when she tells her slave master (laughs) brother to like go go away and it's like a very odd arc but it does kind of work as like an uplifting thing of like oh she did figure it out like she she'll she will be good another funny part of the episode like genuinely really funny is like hawkeye trying to deal with having this person who he doesn't want think that she is his property because like he goes back to the tent and he's like talking to himself like monologuing a dear dad letter to himself being like dear dad today i want a person like he doesn't know how to deal with it (laughs) yeah and i i thought that was genuinely funny how they bring up the the dear dad aspect of the show and make it a very absurd like i'm I don't know what I'm yeah, doing I thought here. It was, uh, I also thought it was kind of funny, but also I was like, what the heck? When you see uh, Young-Hee shaving Hawkeye uh, after she believes that he bought her trapper and jones are like oh oh they're they're like kind of like ribbing him for this and it's kind of it then it becomes obvious that you know she they can't really stop her from doing these chores that she believes are her duties to hawkeye and stuff like that but yeah it, it does ultimately it accumulates into them uh teaching her more english phrases and i i really thought that it was really cute when she kept repeating that you know she was beautiful like she realized that she was pretty i thought that that was so cute yeah that was a nice little character yeah, thing I loved for her that. uh i i liked that a lot again very complicated yeah. episode but i do think it it lands on a better foot than mm-hmm. i was anticipating for a show of this era it does kind of end nicely with this character growing even when he does win her and the the guy who like previously owned her is trying to have a good face about it and tell her like oh well uh, i'll see you around kid hawkeye just keeps shutting him down every time yeah. he tries to talk to her and i I do think that that is very good. Uh, just how he's he's genuinely like, no, you don't get to be the good guy in the situation. Like, you bought a person. Yeah, uh, I liked that too. At the end, also, I liked how she kind of decided what she wanted to do. And she went off to Covenant School, which I don't know if it was supposed to be like she was training to be a nun or if it was a uh, if it was a school run by nuns but they also said like oh they said that i'm so good at whatever i do i could one day become a nurse's aide and i i liked how they left you with this feeling that this character was going to be okay after this really dark episode about really heavy heavy topics you were left with this good feeling of okay she's she's gonna she's gonna be okay the uh the actual ending ending I thought was also very good because it ends with Hawkeye like jokingly being like, Oh man, I wish we could have her around, like oh where is she when we want clean up? Like very jokingly with Trapper and Jones and Trapper and Jones just like literally pick him <laughs> yeah. up and throw him in the tent, like come on. Yeah, I liked that too. 
Like, it's it's a very nice, friendly moment. Like, that's a good moment where you get that these guys are, like, mm-hmm. friends with each other and they understand yeah, each other. Yeah, I liked other. it because they were, like, you know, oh, you're kind of like, oh, don't be an asshole. You know what I mean? And I, I liked that. Even, again, like we said, this episode is pretty uh dark so there's there's not like too much comedy in it but do you have any favorite one-liners or anything from the show i do have one when uh trapper and jones kind of go back into the tent while hawkeye is being shaved uh they look around and the tent is like spotless and trapper just yells hawkeye come in here somebody sneaked in and committed a neatness (laughs) like what a wonderful weird line somebody sneaked in and committed a neatness like that is a wild thing to say also i thought the bit where radar is looking through the binoculars and like helping hawkeye cheat at the card game so he's guaranteed to win but then he gets distracted by like a woman's legs i i (laughs) thought was funny just how he's like looking at her feet and being like oh i'm 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 blocked uh don't worry about it i'm i'm can't see anything right now and just kind of follows her like yeah it's a little creepy whatever but it's just kind of cute for him to do because like radar is such a such a good yeah he's boy. a very innocent character that you and I, w- I was just gonna say like you don't really get that aspect of radar so much he's very like innocent and very non-sexual so seeing that was was funny my favorite line was when they were playing poker and uh, in that scene when Radar is kind of like, you know, distracted by the nurse who's walking into the shower, Hawkeye is taking a lot of time to make his next move and make his next play in cards. And Sergeant Baker, who is the man who, you know, has a sleeve, he goes, oh, you know, he's like telling Hawkeye, get, you know, what what are you doing? What are you doing? And Hawkeye goes, what's your rush? You got another war to go to? And I just, I loved that. It was so funny. <laughs> There, there's still good lines in this episode. Some of the comedy with Young Hee uh, having like broken English, and I think that was supposed to be more like funny. I don't think that landed for me, but still, there was some good bits in this one. Not really a comedy moment, but I genuinely really liked the moment where Jones, who who is black, uh, like puts his hand on her face or vice versa and says like, oh, we're all the same. Like we're all we're all people. You you deserve better than this. You know, it's just, it's a simple sitcom and a very quick moment. And it wasn't like a big deal of the episode. But I, I like that they, they did that, especially for the time period, both of when it takes place in the 50s and uh, when it came out in the early 70s or late 70s, I'm not sure at this exact moment in time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I don't want to I don't necessarily want to end on a, a, a down note, but I do think that we should mention that Young Hee was played not by a Korean actress, but a Chinese American actress. Her name is Virginia Ann Lee. And up to now, we have not had a single actual Korean actor in the show. So we're, we're, we'll leave it at that. But that's also kind of like annoying to me at this point in time. But anyway, so do you have uh, final thoughts on the episode before we wrap up? Complicated topic, complicated to talk about, didn't handle it perfectly, but I do think what its intentions were are in the right place, and that 
I think, for this show and for the time period is what matters. Also, we saw Hojon again, and I thought that boy was at college. (laughs) So I was like, what the heck are you doing here? Maybe a semester didn't start yet. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, probably. That that was funny. Yeah, I, I thought that this episode was, again, like you said, not perfect, but it was well done, I think, for what it could do with this subject matter during this time period. And again, like surprising that it came so early on in this show's run. Yep. MASH, good show, complicated show, somehow extremely difficult to talk about. <laughs> We're here. We're going to talk about it because we just we enjoy this comedy program. Uh, so, Vanessa, you want to do some good, good wrap up and mention everything that we want to mention. <laughs> in our wrap-up, we would just like to give thanks to Jacob Firabalco for being our technical consultant. And if you want to support Jacob, you could check out This Might Be a Radio Show on Mixcloud. It's a good show. I do some ads for it. Yes. I'm involved You'll with it You'll hear Ethan's voice. Uh, I want to thank my sister, Melissa, for our cover art and, of course, our listeners. Our music will be linked in the description. You can follow us on social media at Valiantly Off Balance. Ethan at Ethan was cool and me Vanessa at unvanessary and until next time have a date in a minefield goodbye farewell and amen thank you everybody good night good night